Welcome to the Transform Teacher Podcast. I'm Meredith and I'm in your corner. This podcast is designed to help you thrive as an educator and as a woman with less stress and more joy. If nobody else tells you today, you rock. White teachers really can't afford to be silent on issues like this. You may have felt you know, singled out, or you may have felt like you've been picked on or bullied or what have you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Take that and put it into a 400 year struggle. Welcome to this episode of the transform teacher podcast. This is a very special episode and this is my first interview with a former student. And I'm so excited to have him on today. I know that you're going to learn a lot from him today. His name is Tyson Farrington. Welcome, Tyson. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Tyson is now a rising junior at East Carolina University, but I met Tyson, I think it was around six years ago now, um, when, no, maybe five years ago, five years ago, <laughs> when he was a freshman in my Honors English One class back at Orange High School in Hillsborough, North Carolina. And I came to know Tyson's mom and dad as well. His dad, Stan, is a legendary educator and principal and speaker. And his mom is also a highly impactful teacher. And I just have so much respect for Tyson and his family. And Tyson, I want to speak a little bit about the kind of student that you were. And then I want to give the mic to you. Sure. about uh, what today's episode is all about. Mm -hmm. So Tyson was the kind of student that would come into class calm and cool as a cucumber, no matter what was happening. <laughs> and he always kind of set the tone and he set the bar for everyone else around. And what I remember distinctly about Tyson, though, was that he was a little more reserved and thoughtful but there would be this side to him where his full personality would come out and and he would keep the class laughing and keep the class thinking and he would share his opinions and his insights in a way that was always just really representative of a 21st century critical thinker and that's what we strive as educators to produce <laughs> or to help, um, you know, be the wind in their sails. And he was just such a delight to teach and such a privilege to teach. And he uh, wrote poems and he wrote stories that just le left an indelible impression on my mind. And I just, um, I was thinking about Tyson because over the past week with the events of George Floyd and his murder, I've been thinking about what Tyson must be feeling at this time as a young African-American man. And I have been connected with Tyson on Twitter. A lot of my colleagues and students are all connected on Twitter <laughs> and we, uh, we share our thoughts and opinions. And I, I was watching what Tyson was posting and I was watching him share his voice. Wanted to have Tyson on today because Eight, more than 80% of the teachers in the United States are white. 
And a lot of teachers are being really vocal about this, but a lot of them are staying silent. A lot of them are turned off by discussions of race. They think it's a non-issue. They're possibly worried about what people think and they don't want to make their voices heard because they don't know what to say. So I wanted to have Tyson on here to just kind of give a perspective from a student. And Tyson, you are now a rising junior in college mm-hmm. and you've had a couple of years to reflect on your mm-hmm. education in, in the public setting. And so I would just love for you to speak about why it is so important for teachers to speak out against what's happening right now with the events of the past week. Um, Definitely. I think that, you know, <clears throat> teachers having the impact that they have, I mean, you know, in, in, in high school, you're teaching, you know, anywhere from 15 to maybe 30 kids per class. Um, and in college, it's even more, you know, it goes from anywhere from 30 to hundreds of students in one class. And I just think that um, white teachers really can't afford to be silent on issues like this. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that they should, you know, take the first chance that they get to, you know, just you know, yell their opinions or what have you, but they need to make their voices heard and they need to Mm -hmm. make it plain that they are an ally because Mm -hmm. what happens is in an education setting, um, it's so easy for a black student to look at a white educator and say, you know, what the heck can't they, can they teach me that I'm not already learning, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it would it's very it would be very easy for that to happen and it it's important for that white teacher to say you know what i don't know what it's like i don't know what you've learned just off of real life experiences but mm-hmm. i'm here to teach you mm-hmm. what america doesn't want you to know mm-hmm. because yeah. it's it's just as important to empower those black students and students of color because they've been born into a system that was built based off of their disadvantage and and teachers and educators have to realize that they have an extremely important and special opportunity to teach those children about the power that they have and those students about the power that they have through things that they can learn and as educators I think it would be extremely pivotal and impactful for them to you know openly say you know I don't know what it's like I've I've never been in a place or been put in a position where I've been racially profiled or I've never been in a position where you know I've been I've had presumptions made about you know how much money I have or I've never been in a place where I've been judged just just on how I look just on you know predispositions and Mm -hmm. it would be so meaningful for them to say you know I don't know what it's like but I want to know how I can help how can I be of service 
mm-hmm. you know, Dr. King was so, so pivotal in saying, you know, I don't want to be known as anything else after I leave this earth than a servant. And he mm. served in so many different ways. But I think teachers could learn from that perspective as well, because sometimes it's so easy for an educator to say, you know what, I'm going to teach my butt off and I'm going to make sure that they know this curriculum. They know this, they know that, they know this. But Mm -hmm. at this point in time, it would be so special for teachers to say, you know what? Yes, it's my job to teach you, but it's also my job to learn. And so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it would just it would mean so much for them to go into their classes and their opportunities to teach with that mindset because those the students need that. They need to know that they have somebody on their side and they have somebody that's willing to be more interested instead of interesting. Mm-hmm. And they need to and mm-hmm. students need to know that they have somebody in their corner because Especially, I know from a college student's perspective, it's so easy to walk in a classroom and be like, I'm never going to need this information, you know, 10 years from now. Like, I'm learning it for no reason. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a lot of the classes you take may feel like a waste of time. And they may or may not be, actually. But it is important for teachers to know that it's not just like their jobs isn't just about teaching. It's about pouring into these students because at the end of the day, they're not always going to remember what you taught them from an academic standpoint, but Mm -hmm. they are going to remember how you made them feel and what you Mm -hmm. taught them in a life from a life's view and a life standpoint, because at the end of the day, they have to live once they become adults and yeah. some of them may go, you know, get a high school diploma or get a college degree, and never actually get the chance to use it, but they still have to live. Yeah. And so yeah. that's really what I think, you know, teachers can, can, how they can address and approach their positions as educators, because like I said, it's just as important for them to learn as it is for them to teach. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great point. And I want to I want to let you know that when I uh, have been keeping up with everything that's been happening over the past week, I've been looking on social media. And when you said earlier that you hope that teachers, that white teachers especially will say, OK, I don't know what that's like, but I'm willing to learn and mm-hmm. I'm willing to care. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of white teachers are saying, well, I do know what that's like because I've been discriminated against for having red hair or big feet. Mm. And a lot of them are saying, I don't I don't have white privilege. I don't I don't I don't believe in white privilege Um, or I'm not even racist. I don't I never I never say anything racist in my classroom. And or they might say things like, "Um, I don't see color. I don't see color. What would you say to those teachers who who have that kind of attitude or the ones who are saying, like, these protests that are happening are um, the problem and these riots that are happening? There's no excuse for all of this violence. 
what would you say to those kinds of teachers who are sort of saying all lives matter? I don't have white privilege. I don't see color. All those kinds of statements. Um, um, for, um, you know, th- those are two different things, but they're also very similar. Um, mm-hmm. I would say for the teacher who thinks that, you know, the, the protests and some of the violence even isn't the answer. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I would challenge them to go back a few decades or, uh, you know, even a few centuries <clears throat> and see how people have, how they've take what steps they've taken once they've come to terms with the idea that their voices were not being heard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just to piggyback off of Dr. King again, he said that riots are the language of the unheard. And yes. um, it, 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 you know, just a good example would be if you go back and look at the Boston Tea Party, when they felt they were being exploited and taken advantage of, they mm-hmm. took it into their own hands to make a statement to say, you know what, mm-hmm. what you're doing is crap here's what Mm -hmm. we think about it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and it's just about seeing okay why do you think these protests aren't right and aren't the answer when that's how people for centuries have made their voices heard when initially Mm -hmm. the peaceful standpoint or the even the the climbing the ladder up to you know a governor or a mayor mm-hmm. or in filing, you know, actual complaints and saying, you know what, this is going on. We need your help to fix it. Even mm-hmm. when those things don't work, people in history have mm-hmm. said, you know what, we're going to take it into our own hands to make sure that they get the point. And yeah. if, 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 if that was right and has been in history books and is taught mm-hmm. as you taught from a view of courage, then why isn't this? Right. And, that's that's all I would say to that teacher because because I mean there's really no difference as far as what what the reason is you know some something yeah. happens and people it, it evokes emotion out of people and what the truth yeah. the truth of the matter is and from from this you know from these protests in particular people are doing this out of grief they're doing it out of sadness. Right. They're doing it out of anger right. because some of the same things are happening and nothing is being done about it. And so right. if, if somebody were to go as far as to say that this stuff isn't the answer, I would challenge them to give an answer because right. people are just doing the best that they can to make sure that they aren't the next victim. You know, mm-hmm. they want to make sure that their voices are heard because what's wrong is wrong. And, you know, black people are being killed unjustly and Mm -hmm. out in in cold blood and on video in some cases. And some people would go as far as to say, but and give an explanation. There's no explanation for that, you know, and that's what I would say to them Um, as far as the teachers that say, you know, they don't have white privilege or they don't see color or all lives mm-hmm. matter. Um, mm-hmm. 
to to take it a step at a time. All lives do matter, yes. Um, but to some people, black lives don't matter at all. And so right. to to go as far as to say, but all lives matter, this isn't fair, this is favoritism or what have you, you can say whatever you want, but the fact of the matter mm-hmm. is black people as a whole are being oppressed and have been oppressed. And until mm-hmm. that wrong is righted, mm-hmm. it's not going to be about all lives. It's going to be about black mm-hmm. lives because right. truth of the matter is we are sick of being oppressed. And that's what the people are making known to the country and to the world. I mean, people mm-hmm. all over the country and all over the world, I mean, people in France, I mean, Germany, all over the world are are doing the same things that we're doing in the States. And right. the people in power are like, why? What is the like what is the point of this? What and I'm and I just say if you have to ask why, you right. have some work to do on your end. Because yeah. it's it, you know, from a from the perspective of a black male, it's written on the walls in my book. You know, I can plainly Mm -hmm. see why, but it's also important for people to educate themselves because Mm -hmm. something like this is happening and it's happened before is the scary thing. History is absolutely 100% repeating itself. Um, I wasn't alive during the Rodney King riots, but this is very similar. Um, And Mm so it's it's really, it's scary just to see these things unfold. I mean, I've read mm-hmm. about it in books and articles and things of, of that nature, but history is repeating mm-hmm. itself. And if you have to ask yourself, why mm-hmm. do black lives matter mm-hmm. instead of all lives right now, then you have mm-hmm. some yeah. educating to do on your end. Now for a teacher to say that they do not have white privilege or they do not recognize that they have white privilege, mm-hmm. That is also very ignorant because, Mm -hmm. um, like I said earlier, if they can truthfully say, I've never been racially profiled or I've never been judged based off of how I look or if they think they've been oppressed or, you know, singled out or ostracized based on the color of their hair or the size of their feet Mm -hmm. or how big their nose Mm -hmm. is. Yes, you may Mm -hmm. have felt, you know, singled out or you may have felt like Mm -hmm. you've been picked on or bullied or what have you. Mm -hmm. Okay, take that and put it into a 400 year struggle. Oh, man. And then you can start to resonate with the people who are marching on the streets because it's the same things. You don't like how that made you feel. So imagine how how we feel on a regular basis when we walk into a jewelry store mm-hmm. with a sweatsuit on mm-hmm. and we're standing next to a white mm-hmm. man with a suit and we assume mm-hmm. that he wants to buy a watch and we're there to take it. Right. You know, like who's to say that we don't have the same amount of money? But yeah. race it's so much is racially charged. It's absolutely it's sickening. And somebody said um, racism is so American. When you protest racism, people think you're protesting America. Oh, my God. And 
it's it's a sad reality, but people have to realize, white people have to realize, white educators have to realize that even if they don't take advantage of their privilege, it is there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's very much there. And um for I mean it, it takes it's a diff it's an uncomfortable and difficult conversation to have, but privilege white privilege is very real. I mean you have white teachers or white people in general that would say, you know, I worked hard for what I have. Yes, that very well may be true, but you have to understand that there are black people that are working just as hard and don't have what you have. Yes. You know, and it's because they were never they were never seen as someone who deserved that opportunity just because they were black. And so if if you don't recognize your privilege, your privilege or you refuse to acknowledge that you have it again, it takes some self-educating because it is very real and is very prevalent. I mean, you look at the criminal justice system about white and black people who are getting arrested for the very same things and just the difference in prison sentences the difference in treatment upon arrest i mean some black men don't Mm -hmm. even make it to trial you know and it's but it's real and so people have to realize that and for you know if 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 an educator were to say you know i don't see color i think Mm -hmm. that you know, I, I value all people, you know, whatever. And that's a very important mentality to have. But you have to understand just mm-hmm. because you don't see color doesn't mean that there is. And, you know, you may not see color, but the majority of the world does. And that's kind of the issue at hand here. And just I would I would challenge them to take a step out of that mentality just for a second and to see okay, I may not see color, but what does everybody else see when they look at a black child in the classroom? Or what does everybody else see when they have, um, you know, when, when, when black kids are listening to their music or, you know, what, what, what do people see when they look at black people and black students? And, you know, they may not see color, but the world does and you have to understand yes. what how other people are viewing them and how you can be how can you can how you can help how you can be of service because it is yeah. extremely important for a student a black student to be able to say you know what my teacher's white but they get me they understand they they got my back yeah. and a personal experience yeah. that I've had I ha- I took an African American studies course this past year and mm-hmm. on paper, you know, it's hard to to be able to tell, you know, if an educator's white or black just off of their name. Sometimes it's very difficult. And I walk into class mm-hmm. on the first day and it is a white woman with brown hair and freckles. And hmm. I'm thinking to myself, you know, this may not work out so well. But mm-hmm. by the end of that class, I knew more about my lineage and my culture and my and the history of my people than I did before I took that class. And I thought it meant that awesome. much more 
because it was a white woman standing up to say, you know what? I've never been racially profiled. I've never been called a racial slur. I've never been in your shoes. But I can tell you one thing. Mm -hmm. You have more power than the world gives you credit for. And it was it was very moving for me because, like I said, she taught me more than much more than I knew before going into that class. And it just it it showed me that it is possible for an educator to be seen as an ally by black students. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it just needs mm-hmm. to be it needs to it takes effort <clears throat> and it's going to be it's, it's going to take some difficult conversations, but it's important and it's necessary mm-hmm. um, because, yeah. like I said, history is repeating itself and teachers of yeah. all people who have who have the mm-hmm. power to educate and empower black students and students of color, they can't afford to be on the wrong side of history. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, so what about the teachers who say, you know what, I really, I really care. I acknowledge that this is a problem, but I just don't want to say the wrong thing. Or they might say, um, I just have no words and, and I don't want to, I don't want to come across as a performative activist. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be centering my whiteness. I don't want to be judged for saying the wrong thing. Um, or maybe they're a little afraid of, you know, being shamed. What would you say to them? The ones who are, who are allies, but they just, they're, they're maybe a little, a little bit quieter or they're really, really wary of putting their foot in their mouth or saying the wrong thing. What would you say to the ones who acknowledge that this is a problem, but they just don't know what Mm -hmm. to say? Um, I would say to them, you know, it, it's important, even, even in, in that, you know, even in that mentality, you know, like just to say, I, I, I agree. Like I'm, I fully support the black community. I just don't know what to say that in itself takes courage because you Mm -hmm. understand how important of an issue that this is. Um, but Mm -hmm. I would say to them, okay, if you don't know what to say, just listen because it is so much to be said. And there's so many different perspectives of black people because you have black women, you have black men, Mm -hmm. you have, um, you know, people all over the black community who are having different experiences. But the one common thread is the experiences are racially charged and they, and, and, that educator could stand to just sit back and listen for a minute because then what they will find right. is that, you know, the old saying, think before you speak is, is yeah. more pertinent now than ever because it is important to educate yourself and to hear what people are saying, the people who are experiencing this, people hear what they say and how they feel and, what they've been through and see how that makes you feel because more often than not when we've indulged into you know information valuable information and perspectives of people we can see where we stand and we can see how we would want to help so if you don't think that you speaking out is a way to help 
make a sign for a kid who wants to go protest or, you know, sign a petition, do what you can. But if you don't feel that word of mouth is the way that you can make a difference, there are other ways. You know, there are people who, I mean, you know, Rosa, Rosa Parks never really gave a, a, you know, a moving speech, you know, all she did was say no, you know, but (laughs) she's remembered and she is valued to the black community. And, you know, a lot of people don't remember what was said of the white people who marched with Dr. King or the white people who stood, you know, stood behind, you know, Rosa Parks or, or, you know, donated to to the cause of the NAACP or what have you. But there are more than one, there's more than one way of making a difference and making your voice heard um, than word of mouth. Um, My dad used to always tell me, you know, because I was and I had a little bit of a temper issue um, when I was younger and, and he used to tell me, you know, if you want to get mad, get mad, then mad, make a difference. Yeah. Make a difference. He was like, if you <laughs> want to be angry, put your anger somewhere where it's going to be beneficial than more than destructive. Mm. And, mm. you know, as a young kid, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. But for one, I wasn't angry anymore <laughs> because I was thinking. And for two, it makes more sense now than it did then because now as a black male, there are times when I'm angry, but there is so mm-hmm. much to be done. I can put that anger somewhere where it's going to is going to make a change. It's going to make an impact and it's going to be something that people can see and say, you know what? I like what they stand for. I'm with them, but I mm-hmm. don't, I'm going to find mm-hmm. a way to make my voice heard in another way. I'm going to go sign a petition. I'm yeah. going to go, I'm going to go walk with the people who are on the street and protesting. I might make a sign for somebody else who wants to go protest. You know, there, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there are plenty of ways to, to be a part of this. And for an educator who may, you know, may not want to, offend a student by saying the wrong things or may be afraid to um to be judged or shamed well for one yeah if people shame you for doing what's right keep doing Mm -hmm. it because that's that just shows you where they stand and you know you should never be afraid to do what's right because the moment you're scared to do that is when you're going to start thinking about doing what's wrong and Ooh, as yeah. you know, as an educator <clears throat> who may not, you know, want to be, who may not want to be, you know, seen in a bad light as, oh, to one of their students or, you know, may not want to be shamed. What they should do is, is to show that student, you know, don't pity them because they're powerful, but empathize with them because they have been oppressed. And yeah. And empathy is powerful right now for white people everywhere because it's so it's and it's not sympathy it's empathy and it's it's the fact that you know what like right. I see what's going on it's wrong and I'm gonna do everything mm-hmm. I can to make sure that mm-hmm. 
this doesn't continue. And as an educator, there's so much you can do for your students to make sure that it doesn't continue in their lives. And just, just from the short time that you may be their teacher, they're not going to forget having, Mm -hmm. they're not going to forget what it feels like to have someone who had their back. And it's important for teachers to keep that in mind because those students need that. They need that to push them forward because they have to go live in a world who doesn't like them. They have to go, they have to go fight because they're already behind the eight ball, just being a black child or a black student that wants to be educated, who wants to be filled and nourished with knowledge and Mm -hmm. to propel that Mm -hmm. power that they have, that they were born with. And, but the world wants to silence them. And so as teachers, we have to make sure that their voices are louder than the silence. Mm, That's so powerful. And that is just so crucial for, for teachers Mm -hmm. to know right now. Um, Tyson, what is the thing that you want teachers to take away going into the 2020, 2021 school Mm -hmm. year? Uh, what do you want them to take away from all of these protests and everything that's been going down over the past week? What do, what can, how can they um, change and grow and become even stronger when it comes to anti-racism education? Um, What do you want them to take away and and go into this next school year with? Well, for one, I think that this is, it's a good lesson in what can happen when you have a world full of people, or in this case, a classroom full of people who look very different. Mm -hmm. But when one Mm -hmm. of those people who may look Mm -hmm. different than everybody else, when they are exploited, when they are oppressed, when they feel like they are being told that they don't belong, they should see Mm -hmm. what happens when they start to feel that way. And if a student in particular feels like they are unheard or they are uncared for, or they, you know, aren't being valued, they will Mm -hmm. act out period point blank. There's no real, there's no other way around it. There's, this is a prime example of what can happen when somebody is singled out, exploited and oppressed. And Going into the school year, I think it will be it'll, it's a great opportunity for teachers to educate others and educate themselves mm-hmm. and to be able to say, you know what, guys, I'm going to try to teach you, but I need you to teach me as well. And I think of now yeah. more than ever, it is it is important for teachers going into this school year, seeing all these protests and seeing what the protests are for they need it's it serves as a reality check for those teachers because Mm -hmm. for those teachers who have never really came to terms with the fact that they have benefited from white privilege they can see Mm -hmm. how plain and how easy it is to overlook the fact that they have benefited and they need to see how they can use that to help their students 
They need to see. They need yeah. to help. Because sometimes there's there are students, there are white students out there who really don't know how they're benefiting from white privilege. And as white educators, it yeah. is their responsibility to teach them and see and teach them how they can use that very thing to make a difference in somebody else's life. And yeah. <clears throat> white educators need to know that there is going to be a there's going to be a little bit of an elephant in the room on the first day of school. Um, whether that be mm-hmm. middle school, high school or college, there's going to be a little bit of an elephant in the room and there needs to be, you can't, you can't go around it. You know, they say you eat an elephant one bite at a time, you know, yeah. it, this yeah. needs to be, the elephant's got to be eaten. That's the only way to get it out of the room. And so, Mm. They it has to be addressed, and there's going to be some uncomfortable conversations between students and teachers, mm-hmm. but those conversations mm-hmm. need to be had because, like I said earlier, teachers can't afford to be on the wrong side of history. So they need to make sure that right. they are doing as much learning as they are educating, because now more than ever mm-hmm. they can learn a lot from their students. Um, yeah, and to to for the students to know that you know what they're making a difference in my life and I'm making a difference in theirs that kind of mutual relationship is powerful on any level yep and i think that would be extremely impactful for them to take that into the school year going into the school year with that mindset would be awesome and i think that mm-hmm. on you know from from a year to year basis on that scale we can't just teach um we can't just go into a school year from from here on out and we can't we can't afford to be toned down it needs to remain at this level because it's that important of an issue and people ask me all the time like when do you think this will all blow over well it's not going to it shouldn't (laughs) blow over right because it's been an issue for longer than we've been alive and it's so much stuff to be undone it's it's unreal and and it's just at police brutality is just the tip of the iceberg i mean this the system has never ever ever been built to the advantage or even to the equal opportunity of the black community it never has been and the amazing thing and this goes back to the power that those black students have and that some of them may not even know that they have the amazing thing is we have seen what it's like when a black person puts their mind to something and doesn't listen to anybody when they tell them no you're not good enough you're just another black kid you're just another one of them you're just another one of those people i mean look at denzel washington look at tyler perry look at oprah look at there are people you know, who we look at as moguls, but they were just another black kid who the world wanted to keep quiet and they didn't listen. Right. And that's just, that is just the tip of the iceberg of the power that they have. And it is important for teachers to realize that and to bring that out of them because that's going to, that's going to get them the best results academically. And that's going to get them the best results as far as the people that they produce in those classrooms. Tyson, I can't thank you enough for your valuable time and energy. 
and I'm rooting for you all the way. Always have been. Thank you. It was was an awesome experience. It really was. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Transform Teacher Podcast. For more resources around teacher well-being, go to my website, thetransformedteacher.com. If nobody else tells you today, you rock. Thank you.